my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hopefully, you guys had a terrific Mother's Day weekend. Uh, great show for you today. I was joined by my friend Ian Hayworth. Always a great time talking to Ian. Uh, we covered a lot. Uh, we, we discussed the latest hysteria uh, surrounding the Samuel Alito Opinion Leak. Um, we talked about some uh, some poll numbers that came out over the weekend that are bound to make Democrats even more hysterical than they, <laughs> they usually are. Um, uh, we, we covered a lot. I think you guys will enjoy it. Before I get to Ian, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to subscribe. If you are an iTunes user, please take a couple seconds to leave us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate that. And if you like the show and want to get involved, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash the NoGimmicksPodcast. All right. Without further ado, the great Ian Hayworth. Right, guys we're here with my brother ian hayworth ian how you been man good how you doing i'm i'm very much enjoying the increasing price of food getting a little hungry over here yeah man i uh, i spent all weekend uh building an above ground organic vegetable garden and planting vegetables so that's I, i'm also very tired of paying for food in joe biden's america he's gone turned into a hippie yeah hey you know something like that or a farmer i don't know <laughs> one of the two What's so, the difference? What's the difference at this point? Um, I mean, I, nobody <laughs> wants to go to the grocery store with this man as president of the United States. That's for sure. Um, but so obviously, we got to talk about the, the the big news of the of the weekend. Pro abortion activists are harassing Supreme Court justices in their homes. Um, great stuff there. They they are disrupting uh, Catholic masses. Um, reportedly, uh, this this morning, uh, uh, Samuel Alito was taken to a safe house. So I mean, that's where we are as a country right now, and he's being. Uh, shelter he's sheltering in an undisclosed location um because ian as always the democrats are, are clearly the good guys here oh the good guys the tolerant ones it is funny that they march into a catholic mass i don't see them doing that for other religions where perhaps the reaction might not be as tolerant it's always funny when uh, you want to criticize the intolerant but you're very careful to pick the not too intolerant you know to make yeah. sure you're safe the entire time it's right. just this whole storyline has been just horrendous but of course this was the plan this was the entire point of the leak, which was to try and bully the Supreme Court into making the decision they want, because ultimately the left are dominated by mob tactics. It's just disgusting. And I hope that they all stand firm and follow through with their convictions, because otherwise the entire purpose of the court ceases to exist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I, we can talk about the, the hypocrisy. There's no real point because they don't care. But Joe Biden refused to condemn intimidating justices in their homes. Uh, Jen Psaki essentially endorsed it. I mean, she she did essentially endorse it. She said she wouldn't condemn it. And she said, uh, you know, women are scared. You know, women are scared they won't be able to kill as many children. So, you know, hey, can't really blame them. Um, you know, the, the Democrats, the, the Biden supporters received their, their marching orders, man. <laughs> you know, uh, they Psaki did tweet something this morning about, oh, you know, maybe you shouldn't show up to their homes. But, you know, they, they waited 72 hours so their supporters can receive uh, very clearly, yep. their marching orders. Um, I mean, this intimidation has the full support of the party that controls the entire federal government. Um, I mean, I can't imagine these people, regardless of how many churches they disrupt. I mean, uh, they they firebombed a uh, 
uh, a pro-life group's office in, in Wisconsin as well, burned it down. Um, so I, I don't think regardless of how violent these people become, they're not going to face any consequences, obviously. Well, the, the fact is that the left don't mind violence as long as it's used in the what they view as the right direction. I mean, it was only a few a year or so ago that the entire country was being burnt down by BLM activists because that serves the purpose of the left. And right now, the Supreme Court isn't viewed as a wing of the left. They want it to be. And so they're quite happy just to really look the other way and let people as part of their increasingly radical party do the dirty work for them. That's really what we're seeing right now. And I think unless we see the federal government and specifically the White House stand up to this kind of thing in a nonpartisan manner where violence is bad, regardless of whether it serves your political ambitions, we're on a very dangerous route to where just violence in reaction to anything you don't like is acceptable, especially when it's always portrayed as the we're standing up to fascism, we're standing up to Nazism, where any violent action is justified by the ends you're trying to achieve. It's a very, very dangerous path we're on. And when you have someone like Joe Biden refusing to condemn it, just like he refused to condemn, effectively condemn the the riots we saw in 2020 and 2021, we're going to see more of this as time goes on. Very scared for just the average citizen that has to often be the target of all of this. Yeah. I mean, it's just time for people on the right to, to recognize who these people are, you know. I mean, like, we can, yes. we can point out the hypocrisy so we don't explode. But, but, I mean, it's like these people obviously don't care. I mean, we're on year, you know, it started with the Black Lives Matter riots, but we're on, what, year three of Joe Biden mm-hmm. voters being able to commit any act of violence they want without any consequences. I mean, look, man, trying to scare Supreme Court justices into doing your will is what roughly 10 million times worse than taking an unauthorized stroll through the Capitol building. I mean, like all these, these Trump is destroying our norms. People look like petulant children right now, but they don't care. I mean, they like their, their only value is power. I mean, like, like Mm -hmm. all true Marxists, I mean, they, they only care about power, whatever gives them more power, more ability to crush you, to crush the hopes and dreams of Republicans, whatever aids them in that goal is justified. Like they, it, it doesn't matter. Like, if you're a Democrat, you can be as violent as you want. It's time that people on the right, I mean, like, I get it. We have to point it out when they're they're being hypocritical. I understand that. But it's like, we know the game. Like, it, it's. I think it's time for people on the right just to understand that there are two sets of laws. One for people that voted for Joe Biden and another for people that didn't. And if you voted for Joe Biden, you get quite literally a get-out-of-jail-free card. I think you hit the nail on the head there in that the right need to wake up and realize that pointing out hypocrisy alone isn't enough. There's a lot of, um, especially Republican politicians out there who like to just point out, oh, Joe Biden said this one time, now he's saying this. Like, that's the battle done. That's certainly part of the battle to show just how meaningless his views are. But as you say, there's a far deeper battle going on that we're just ignoring as if, point out the hypocrisy, well, I've done my bit, I can go home now. They do not care about any of these rules. And to some extent, we have to play by our own set of rules too, because there is never going to be a day where they wake up and you re- and realize, oh, yeah, I am hypocritical. Oh, yeah, maybe murdering babies isn't a good thing. They're on a completely different level to us in terms of basic reality. And so I think we need to set some of these trying to meet people in the middle aside, trying to rationalize the other side because they are purely irrational. Like the fact that you are you're seeing vast swathes of the population screaming in favor of murdering babies. Like that's who we're dealing with right now. You're not going to be able to convince them that maybe murder is wrong just by pointing out that Joe Biden has changed his mind on abortion. It's right. just we need to, as you say, wake up to the broader fight at hand. Just acknowledge who these people are, man. 
Like, it's just mm-hmm. not, like they're not hiding it. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, and it is, it's kind of cringe, man, watching all the, the right wing politicians. Like, it's all about the, oh, you know, January 6th protesters are still in solitary confi- uh, confinement. Yeah. Yeah, man. And they want you in solitary confinement, too. Yeah. Okay. Like, they will, they'll do anything. The, the FBI will entrap you. They will plant evidence. They'll do whatever they want to lock you up. And they also want to steal your children and turn them trans and convince them to chop their dicks off. Okay. Like, that's who these people, like, these, these people are not like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if I'm being hypocritical, I can't sleep at night. You know what I mean? Like, it, if I get something wrong on the podcast, like, it truly, bo- like, these guys don't, they're not like that. Like, that mm-hmm. thing in your brain that allows you to feel shame and embarrassment and to want to avoid hypocrisy, they don't have that. Like, they don't have that gene. That is not a part of their psyche. You know what I mean? So just pointing out how hypocritical... It's like, yeah, man, they're trying to turn all the kids gay, okay? They're, they're teaching <laughs> kindergartners about sex. They're trying to get your, your your six-year-old boy to chop his penis off. Okay, like, that. yes, these people are monsters, man. Like, yeah, okay, yes, they're being hypocritical, but... Like we, we can change the subject right now because I don't want to spend any more time on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's why people reacted with such concern to the disinformation governance board. Like, let alone the fact that the person's going to be running it has some pretty insane views on the matter. But that's why people are concerned because every wing of the federal government has been leveraged in some way against conservatives. It's not just the fact that they have a a group that's going to be pushing back against disinformation. Like in a good faith world, that might not be a bad thing, especially if we're dealing with, say, Russian disinformation that is definitely prevalent. But when you have a government that is quite happy to leverage every single element of its being against their enemies, and you think, oh, well, this isn't going to be different. Now, every single thing under the Biden administration is designed and is being pushed in the direction of destroying conservatism in some way. And so people need to wake up to that, not just it's not just about Biden. It is about the deep state people they have in power over time. It is about every single element of their being being designed to push us back. And I think following the theme that you raised, we need to wake up to the real issue, not just the hypocrisy or the inconsistent rhetoric. Yeah. Yeah, 100 percent. And it's, you know, I'll share this now. I was going to end the show with this, but I had a funny conversation yesterday um, with my dad. I was driving my parents up to the uh, Detroit airport yesterday morning and. Um, at like 5 a.m. by the way, but, but uh, my my dad brought up uh, he's a like a, he's like a, you know just like a traditional conservative you know, mm-hmm. um and he he brought up how uh, how is a conflict of interest that Biden's new uh, press secretary is live is like married to or, or living with a CNN anchor. I actually I don't even know this woman's name by the way. The press told me that she's uh, her name is Black Gay Press Secretary. So like I, like I I assume that's her her legal name or you know I guess that's what we're supposed to refer to her as. Um, but he, my dad's like, man, that's like that's pretty bad conflict of interest. They're just gonna let that one slide. And I, and, and I I started laughing. I'm like, Dad, Joe Biden slaughtered ten innocent people, including seven small children, with the world watching on national television. I mean, like, he just unapolog—like, CNN said he wasn't being tough enough, so he (laughs) unapologetically slaughtered babies. I'm like, who do you think the—like, who do you—what do you think government is? And I know this is my libertarian side talking, but it's like, who do you think these people are? Like, these people are not like you and I. I mean, like, they they drone-bombed innocent children for no reason, and not a single person within government, and not not from the president— to the Joint Chiefs, to the the random, you know, non-com who pulled the trigger. No one, not to the people that gathered the intelligence, no one was held accountable. 
So you think the White House mouthpiece is going to be held accountable for, for a little conflict of interest? <laughs> like, who do you think these people are? Just take a step back and recognize who these people are. We're talking about blood-soaked killers, sociopaths, monsters. They don't care about war crimes. You think they care about a little conflict of interest? I mean, it's just important for us to just have mm -hmm. an accurate view of who these people are. Well, also to understand that there isn't really a conflict of interest when you actually understand that the media and the White House are really one and the same. Yeah. Uh, the, the idea that the press secretary, one, I think all press secretaries are liars. That's literally their job. The way oh, we course. celebrate some and not others is, is pretty funny. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. But Jen, Jen Psaki is going to work at MSNBC. Uh, there is such a fluid relationship between the White House press, sec uh, press secretary role in the communications department and the media. They just go back and forth. It's just yeah. an accepted way of life. It's like the people who work in government and then go into the private industries they were regulating or vice versa. This is just part of the reality of government. And the the resource that is information is no different. And so the idea that a press secretary would be living with a member of the mainstream media they are supposed to be in, um, interacting with isn't a surprise because you see the way they react to Joe Biden on a daily basis. They cheered and laughed when he was making jokes about the fact or laughing at the fact that Americans were struggling and didn't have food. Yeah. Like this is who he is. This is what the White House is. And this is what a lot of po uh, politicians are like. It is all one of the same. Journalism and politics is morphed into one horrendous combination right now. And so I don't think it's conflict of interest. If anything makes sense, they can carpool together. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like, and some, like, you know, unimpressive dullard who lies for the president for a living joining MSNBC is, I mean, that's nothing. I mean, some of the blood-soaked monsters I was just referring to also were for, <laughs> I mean, like, yep. Clapper and Brennan. I mean, these, like, literal killers, <laughs> these baby killers, these these mass murderers, you know, go straight from, you know, the Pentagon or, or the, the cabinet straight to CNN and MSNBC. You know, it's like, a, you know, a, a trained liar, a, a court jester, <laughs> you know, sleeping with a CNN anchor. That's nothing compared to John Brennan. Like, you kidding me? Like, the, 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 the top spy, you know, in charge of ruining lives all over the world. <laughs> it's like it's your, it's your, you know, it's your job to destroy human beings, and then you're going to work for CNN. I mean, that's much more offensive than Jen Psaki or... <laughs> I mean, eventually I'll, I might learn black gay press secretary's name, but that day is not today, Ian. That is not historic. <laughs> Histo is, historic is. gay black mouthpiece. I, I okay. actually kind of wanted wanted to bring that up, actually. At what point are things no longer historic? Like We've had a black president. We have a black vice president. Some of the most famous, most successful people in the United States are black. At what point like, are we going to realize that none of this is really that historic anymore? Are we going to celebrate every single role that is filled by someone of some minority until it has been filled by every single minority. How granular are we going to get? I find it very exhausting. It's just all they have. I mean, it's like they just that's all they have left is like this, the racial politics and the the, the gender stuff and the gay stuff. I mean, it's mm -hmm. like they they can't they they know they're getting shellacked. I mean, they know they're losing. I mean, it's it is funny. I mean, there's black billionaires, there's black presidents, there's black governors, there's black ever. You know, it's like it doesn't. Some of the top athletes are black and gay too. I mean, there's gay, you know, politicians and billionaires and and corporate leaders as well. I got yeah. I mean, you're right. I mean, it is like I don't I don't know. I mean, I guess if if you're so inundated with this stuff, then you're gonna keep caring. Yeah. But you know, if that because a lot of these people have literally just made that like the the equity stuff just their religion like it's part of their worldview I mean, they can't really define it or, or make it make sense but 
I don't know. I mean, I th- I, I'm sure within the Biden base, the Democrat base, that whatever 20 percent that each party can't lose no matter what you do, I guess they still care about the equity stuff. But yeah, man, I mean, if you're just talking to random everyday Americans, there's no way people care about historic black gay liar on television. There's just no way. Especially when the liar part is the only thing that's relevant to that job. Yeah, dude. So I, I have to talk about um, the most corporate press, corporate press headline I've ever seen. And this is from yes- yesterday's Washington Post. I love this, man. Quote, with Elon Musk's looming takeover, the future of Twitter's content moderation is uncertain. Et- experts say women and people of color could suffer most. Unquote. Ian, the, the word suffer here from the Washington Post. Um, <laughs> watching your baby die of starvation in Yemen is suffering. Watching your child get blown to pieces by a Russian bomb in Kiev is suffering. No one will suffer because Twitter stops banning conservatives for no reason. I mean, these people are so—this is why journalists bother me so much. This is why these people bother me even more than the politicians do. These people are so divorced from reality. They've never worked a day in their lives. They've never lifted something heavier than a gallon of milk. They've never struggled a day in their life. I think they've never—they're the most most privileged, ridiculous people on the face of the earth. These rich, white, privileged, liberal journalists— cover up war crimes and then say people are going to suffer if Elon Musk buys Twitter. I mean, my good, I mean, like the, the things that they have done covering up Gulf of Tonkin weapons of mass destruction. All, I mean, I, the, the, the death toll covering up the Holocaust, right? Yes. Sending people to the Soviet union, the New York times, send people to the Soviet union in, in the fifties saying, I've seen the future and it works talking about Soviet communism. I mean, like the, 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 the corporate press is responsible for millions of, of deaths. They, I mean, they, they, the blood on these people's hands is, is immense. And they whine about how women and people of color will suffer if, if Republicans aren't banned from Twitter. And so these people are living in a completely alternate reality at this point. And when they, they write things like this, it's like they're, look, want white privilege? That's white privilege. My goodness. How about go to Stockton and see if people care about Elon Musk buying Twitter? My goodness. Like these are the most ridiculous, childish, privileged people on the planet, and they're all journalists. The best part of this whole story is the fact that another billionaire owns the Washington Post, yes. and not one of them thought that's a problem. Like the <laughs> fact, the fact that you have Washington Post journalists complaining about the idea that one billionaire can control the stream of information. Like one Twitter is not an information stream; it is a platform on which people can provide information. The Washington Post is a direct provider of information. Like people look to the Washington Post for the image of what reality is. They don't look to Twitter for that. They look to Twitter to find people um, for whom they view as an authority on these things. And so Elon Musk owning Twitter really doesn't have an impact on any of that. You think the Washington Post is going to have their account shut down? Of course not. It's the fact that Jeff Bezos just bought Washington Post and no one even blinked. And it's just too funny for words. And when when it was first coming out, people were complaining about the idea that billionaires can control um, these platforms that could control elections. It's like, yeah, I wonder what that feels like. Yeah, man. It's just they do not live in reality. Like they can look at the last couple of years where they leveraged the power of a big tech to literally swing elections. But then when it happens to them, they don't like it. And Elon Musk isn't going to do any of these things. No. Tesla is still flying people out to get abortions. Like, te- yeah. <laughs> um, Elon Musk is not some right wing lunatic who's just going to enforce conservatism through Twitter. 
He's just slightly more conservative on the issue of free speech. And that's not that's too much for them. It's unbelievable. I mean, it goes back to like five years ago on like college campuses. And we all made fun of it, like the microaggression stuff. You know, like guys like Ben Shapiro and Steven Crowder would, would make fun of all these dorks, these nerds on college campuses talking about, you know, somebody they saw a mean tweet and they're triggered and they can't go to work for a month you know, and all this ridiculous nonsense. But it's like all those dumb college kids from five years ago are just the journalists at The Washington Post now. So, like, yeah, that, that's their, that's their white privileged worldview, man. I mean, they really do believe that. True human suffering is seeing a mean tweet. Boy, that must be nice. That must be, it must be nice, man. To be so rich, to be so privileged. That's that's all. You, if that is the your, the great your greatest fear, that's what you're worried about. That means you've never had a family member die. That means no, you've never had a family mm-hmm. member get sick. That means you've never done anything. You've never been fired from. You never had your you know town get hit with a recession. You've never worked a blue-collar job that was outsourced to China. You've never, nothing, nothing. You've never faced addiction. You've never, nothing, like, nothing bad has ever happened to you in your life if mean tweets are what you're worried about. I mean, honestly, like, kind of (laughs) jealous. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, I wish my life was so easy that I was, like, the worst thing imaginable was seeing, like, a Donald Trump tweet. It's like, my goodness, these people, like, they, they have no idea what they look like to the real world. Well, that's why the real world is coming to bite a lot of us in the face right now. There's a reason, you know, China is getting more aggressive. There's a reason Russia is getting more aggressive because government policy is an extension of this view. What I find the most gross, though, is the, the fake concern about women and people of color. Like One from the Democrats, that's hilarious. But two, these are the same people who are cheering abortion at any time. Like you can have a baby that is being born and they think you should be able to kill it. Who do you think that disproportionately affects? Like more uh, female babies are aborted the male babies because gender-based abortion is a thing. And because of Democratic Party policy, a lot of Planned Parenthoods are put in minority areas because there's a pretty gross eugenics history behind abortion in the United States that no one wants to discuss. And so the fact that they can cheer abortion when um, female babies and babies of color, to use the left's ridiculous phrase, are the victims of these policies. So if they cared, they would care about that. But of course they don't, because it's just about leveraging fear of racism or sexism to keep these, as you say, white privileged people in power. That's really the entire goal. They don't care one bit about these people. Also, like, they're not talking about the minority. I mean, women and people of color are like 75% of the country. (laughs) We're all women, Brady. We're all women. Well, no, but I mean, like, women are 51% of the country right there. And then so every male who's not white. I mean, mean, you're talking about North. Like, women and people of color are like, you're talking like 72% of the American population. I mean, it's like, what are you afraid of, man? Like, you you think white guys are so evil and so powerful that... Like, you know, 26, 27 percent of the country can just, like, oppress everybody else. Like, that doesn't, like what are we doing, man? Like, what are we, like, you're talking about protecting a vast majority of people. Like, it's just, like, at face value, it doesn't make any sense. Well, because they have to keep the idea that these people are truly oppressed in place. But they also know that control over platforms like big tech and also media more generally is crucial to their success. Because in an objective world, especially with the Biden administration trying to flush the country down the toilet as fast as they can, there's no way they would win an election in a generation. Uh, The only reason Biden won is because they suppressed the Hunter Biden story. 
Uh, there's a study out, I think uh, it was from Newsbusters, where uh, I think nine swing states would have voted for Trump if that story had been disseminated better. So they need these they need these outlets. They rely on them. They rely on their control because if reality is allowed just to spread and we can see the kind of things that they're up to, they will never win. And they know it. That's all this is about is just trying to get their seats in in power for another four years, a bit more money down the road. It's really that simple. Yeah. And I mean, and they see the the poll numbers the same way we do. Um, And they're brutal. I mean, Mm -hmm. there was a new civics poll that, that came out on Saturday. Um, has Joe Biden at 36 percent, 18 points underwater, 54 percent uh, disapprove. The break the interesting part, uh, the, the breakdown by state is even more remarkable, in my opinion. I mean, the swing states and I, I know it doesn't matter as much in, you know, in a in a, a for the midterms. But um, the swing states look absolutely brutal for the for the Democrats. Biden is yep. at 30 percent in Ohio, 32 percent in Georgia, 34 percent in Arizona. 37 percent in Michigan. I mean, if these numbers hold, Republicans could be looking at picking up 60 plus seats. It could be like a, a true wave, a, one of those waves that only happens once every you know 25 years or so. Or we could be looking at a 50 to 60 plus seat pickup mm-hmm. and, and the possibility of a couple Senate seats as well in November. Well, that's why they leaked the Supreme Court information. It's because yeah. abortion yeah. for them is their Hail Mary. They're losing on every other front. So, yeah, they're just, well, let's try and keep the whole abortion lie going that women need that to be successful in the world they yeah, need to be able quick, to kill their yeah, own babies real quick that is a great point um there were there were two reasons why this this more than likely um liberal clerk leaked uh justice alito's opinion and that was one to get biden voters to, to you know harass or worse you know physically harm or kill um, conservative justices um and two to help democrats electoral chances by firing up the base and like you mm-hmm. know to get back to your point, like point number two does not appear to have worked. <laughs> so, yeah, because uh, this poll was conducted after the leak, uh, which is pretty fascinating. Well, it's also just I, the way they look at abortion. Most people don't. There's a lot of people who are ambivalently uh, pro-abortion in some cases. But the idea that they are pushing the abortions at all times, anytime, for any reason, people just simply aren't in favor of that. They are not in favor of killing a baby three seconds before it's born. Now, logically, there is no difference between killing a baby nine seconds before it's born and the moment after conception. So the pro-life position, that's almost consistent with that in a way, that if you're allowed to abort a baby at any point, then you should be allowed to abort it just before birth. But the fact is that the vast majority of people are not in line with that. They are not in line with the idea that you should be able to kill a baby in the third trimester, let alone the second trimester. A lot of European countries, it's after 12 weeks, it's banned. And so the, the Democrats are just really hanging themselves over this issue because they are going so radical, assuming that people are in line with that. And the job of the Republicans right now is just to make them stand on that platform and admit to what they want, which is just the murder of babies widespread across the country. No one can win on that because people simply aren't in favor of it. Yeah. I mean, even even though abortion is very popular on the left, I mean, you, you have to look at what I mean, obviously, the economy is going to be the driving factor to get people to the polls this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're on the brink of a recession. Honestly, I think we're already in one. Obviously, it takes two consecutive quarters of negative GDP growth to be, you know, considered an official uh, recession. But if we aren't in a recession now, then I don't, I don't want to see, I don't want to see what a re- recession really is. Like. Yeah. Um. But like, you know, but the if if abortion is your number one issue, it's probably because you're pro-life. You know, like mm-hmm. pro-life Christian Republicans are are you know typically the people who say abortion is their top issue. I mean, it, like. 
if they really wanted to fire up the Democratic base, like, that's such a bizarre move because, like, yeah, abortion might be your top issue if you are a very liberal, non-religious woman Democrat between the ages of 18 and 40. You know, like, that's not, like, that. that's demographically speaking, not very many people get abortions, thank God. And it's just not going to be the top issue, the top deciding factor for non-very liberal, non-religious, 18 to 40-year-old Democrat women. You know, and and some, like, yeah. douchebag guys who are just, like, the worst. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, aside from a very small—but that's, like, what, 10 percent of, like, the national population would consider, like, pro a pro-abortion stance their number one issue? Like, if they're, like, a single-issue voter, that's not very many people. So it's, like— you know, I don't know, man. They they can if you have pink hair and look ridiculous and tweet way too much, that probably fired you up. But I mean, man, <laughs> we're looking at you know a, a, an economy teetering on the edge of complete collapse. So uh, you know, it, it's not surprising to me that the uh, the abortion push didn't boost their poll numbers too much. Well, especially as all this does is push it back to the states and the vast majority of places where these radically pro-abortion people live already have abortion for almost any reason like california new york some of the most left-wing radically liberal abortion policies there are those aren't going anywhere those aren't at stake and so i don't even think this is going to mobilize the people who are radically pro-abortion because it simply won't affect that much yeah i mean their their tactics surrounding this league too is is so funny to me man i mean they just like i get that they lie they're democrats that's what they do but like joe biden it's like, oh, man, people aren't mad enough about abortion. Uh, yeah, uh, the, the Republicans, they want to ban interracial marriage. <laughs> it's like, they, it's like they, okay. they, they, they keep talking about Obergfell and, and, and all of this, you know, the gay marriage stuff. It's like, what do you—I don't know. I, I get that there are the NPCs, the mindless drones that believe whatever CNN tells them, but, like, I can't imagine even your average— swing voter democrat is buying this nonsense i mean they it yeah. really does feel to me like the democrats just simply outkick their coverage this time oh absolutely they they're losing their minds because everything has to be based on victimhood and this slippery slope of victimhood people just don't really take all that seriously because people understand that abortion is just fundamentally different to the idea of gay marriage for example or interracial marriage or all those kind of ridiculous <laughs> things it's like no killing a baby is not the same as a, a black person marrying a white person like, that's quite obvious. And it just I think it does a disrespect to the entire debate, honestly, because the left could be engaging in the, it's an interesting debate. Just if you put aside the whole murder aspect, it is academically an interesting to debate to have of when life begins. They could be having that. But instead, it's like, oh, well, you let them do this and they're going to force black people not to marry white people. It's like The world simply isn't racist like that anymore. The vast majority of people know many people who are into race of the idea of what race you are will eventually become meaningless anyway because people will be so mixed. Yeah. It's just not the world they think exists anymore. It's simply not. No, well, I mean that that world will exist if, you know, they stop aborting so many black babies. I mean True. quite literally. I mean the the African American population is still under thirteen percent. It's like twelve point eight percent of the population. And abortion's the only reason why that's the case. I mean there's no after all of these years, there is no reason aside from mass abortion. Uh, that that black people are still, I mean, with all of the interracial marriage and and stuff that that and you know if you're if you're half white half black typically you you identify as black. Um, so even with those numbers, for for African Americans to still only comprise 13 percent of the country is a direct result of the eugenics of of abortion. I mean, it's like in New York City. I don't know if this is still the case, but I, th- I think it was like 2019, 2020. 
there were it was like even 50-50 babies in New York City were aborted as as were born in in the black community which is just absolutely uh, you know that's gen- that's genocide i mean that's <laughs> you know that's that's absolutely horrific but uh but yeah i mean it, you know it it's it's interesting man it's it, it was just interesting seeing the the reaction that it immediately went to gay marriage and all this stuff because you know mm-hmm. typically the their argument is like the timeline argument like when is a baby a baby oh okay well the crazy blue-haired feminists want to be able to kill a baby after birth, but they, you know, that, they only have 5% support. So uh, is it 20 weeks? Is it 30 weeks? Is it f- 10 weeks? And it's like, well, that argument, and that's like the least convincing argument I've ever heard, because it's like, well, is it a human being or not? Yeah. I mean, like, they, like the logical conclusion of that is like, oh, hospitals shouldn't treat old people, because what's the point? <laughs> right? Like, on, only treat patients if they're under 90, because eh, are they really viable? without their cancer t- treatment over 90 years old. You know, so it's like that argument just falls apart immediately. So it, it seems like, but that's the argument they, they typically pivot to. But they didn't. They just moved on to, like, random other topics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. Maybe they've just, they've been so defeated on the merits of their pro-abortion argument that they just, I don't know, they don't even try anymore. I don't know. Maybe that's one possibility. Well, it's like the the same as the reason they always focus on rape and incest. Like, what about rape and incest? What about rape and incest? I mean, that's under 1.5% of all abortions. The vast majority of abortions are for matters of convenience alone. And they simply don't want to acknowledge that because the the culture of abortion is ugly and just pretty vile in every aspect. It's just the fact now that people simply just don't want their baby. I, to some extent, understand in the past where women weren't equal. Uh, contraception wasn't available. You had physically less control over the consequences of someone else's actions. Again, we don't live in that reality anymore. Contraception is widely available. People are equal. Genders are equal. You are responsibility for your decisions now. You decide to have sex. That comes with consequences. And consequences are a really dirty word for the left. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. One more thing I do have to mention. It was miraculous how quickly they remember what a woman was last week, though. Oh, yeah, that came back quick, didn't it? I mean, there's no more men can get pregnant, no more pregnant men emojis, no more about— I mean, the trans community must be furious. My, I mean, my to work. see this level of transphobia just explode <laughs> overnight from the left, I think, is quite disgusting. <laughs> Democratic politicians, you know, tweeting left and right. If men could get pregnant, there'd be abortion clinics in every Walmart. It's like, I don't know, man, sound, sound like a transphobe. Sound like a bigot to me, Chuck Schumer. <laughs> my goodness. Ian, my brother, thanks for doing this, man. We'll do it again soon. Uh, where can everybody uh, keep in touch and follow you online and all that good stuff? Yeah, follow me online. I-G-H-A-W-O-R-T-H is my handle. On Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, find me over there. Everybody follow Ian. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks. <laughs>